0: If you're a tennis fan, you'll love betting weekly game bet match on the bet rivers network, whether you're a better or just love tennis, you'll enjoy the in-depth analysis each week of the tennis calendar. Subscribe to game bet match today from your favorite podcast provider. It's the Mike Francesa podcast on the bet rivers network. Hello again, everybody. And welcome to the Mike Francesa podcast. As we have put the divisional playoff round to bed and we look ahead to championship Sunday, three games left all four teams uh, deserving, all four teams can win the Super Bowl. And you can tell by the lines that uh, have been established, they think there's not much to choose from here. In game one, the 3 o'clock game will be the NFC. The Eagles uh, will be the home team against San Francisco. The Eagles established as a two-point favorite. And in the AFC game, a rematch of last year's AFC title game, won by the Bengals. Uh, that will tip off at 630. The Chiefs actually opened as an underdog by one point. The line has now moved to Kansas City one. So right now at this moment, and I think the Eagles may go up a little. I think the Kansas City line will probably stay right about where it is, maybe move a point. Um Kansas City, which has been favored in 14 straight postseason games, which is an all-time record, are now one-point favorites over the Bengals, who have beaten them three straight times. Uh, And the uh, Niners are 2 point dogs to the Eagles, who were so impressive against the Giants. Bet Rivers has a new football squares game where you can line up and win $10,000 when you make your football bets. Check it out. At Bet Rivers, when you use that, or the Play Sugar House apps. And remember, for all of your wagering needs, Bet Rivers in New York and New Jersey, Play Sugar House in Connecticut, and check out the Bet Squares game to see how things uh, come out as far as that's concerned. Um, I was very close, uh, I was like one square away from uh, winning uh, a lot of money in one of those games like last week. Um, Let's get to game number one. I picked the Bengals to win because I think I told you, and I've told you for weeks now, I felt there was something amiss with the Bills on both sides of the ball. Plus, I thought the Bengals were very confident, and I think Burrow has established himself as every bit the quarterback of any quarterback in this league. He's the most accurate quarterback in the league. He might be the most confident quarterback in the league, and that includes Mahomes. And he's as good as any quarterback in the league. Now, Mahomes has gotten, you know, ahead of him in terms of celebrity and salary and everything else. But Burroughs become a, a big leader and a big star, and he's as good as they come. There's no question about it. And they were very cocky. Going into this game, they talked the talk. They said they shouldn't have been underdog. Uh, and the first thing Burrow said after the game was refund because he didn't like that the NFL sold tickets to the, da- to the Kansas City-Buffalo game that would have been on a neutral site in Atlanta. He didn't like that, and his first word was refunds. So uh, they are cocky, they are confident, and they're looking to go back to the Super Bowl for the second straight year. I thought, and I've told you, as you, if you've listened to me during this football season, there were five teams I thought that could win it all Kansas City, which was my choice, San Francisco, Philadelphia, Kansas City, Buffalo, and, and Cincinnati in the AFC. Four of the five are here, and all four have a chance to be champions. I, I, I You wouldn't be the least bit surprised if any of the four won. I think you might be a mi- a mild bit surprised if Purdy can pull this off in a title game and then pull it off in a Super Bowl. That's where people are going to back off. They're going to think that the water is going to get too deep for Purdy against quarterbacks like Burrow even Hurts, who has been an MVP-type quarterback this year, and, of course, Mahomes. So that might be the case. But for the most part, um, he's got terrific weapons around him. He likes to throw the ball to Kettles, as you saw today. He likes to throw the ball to uh, McCaffrey. He doesn't throw it a whole lot to the wide receivers. When he does, he seems not to make a lot of mistakes. He hasn't make, didn't make a lot of mistakes today. Dak did. But the game broke apart. But let's start with the first game. Cincinnati jumps out and gets a 14-0 lead right away, stabilizes the game, quiets the crowd, put the Bills back on their heels. And let's be honest, the Bills never recovered. Absolutely never recovered. In the second half, that wasn't very exciting. We didn't get the shootout that we expected. I, you know, Everyone worried about the Cincinnati offensive line. Um I thought he would get the ball away quick enough. He's got legitimately top wideouts across the board, not just with Chase, but Chase and Boyd and Higgins and even a guy like Mixon, Mixon had a great Mixon had a really good game today and ran well. And their defense, which is very, very underrated, and has played exceptionally well. And let's be honest, they dominated dominated that game today. No ifs, ands, and buts. They dominated it. They led it from start to finish. It never got close. It was 17-7 at the half. It was 24-10 after three. And let's be honest, the game never, never got close. They never threatened as they went and just put a hurting on the Bills today. Burroughs was 23 of 36 for 242 and two touchdowns. One was 25 of 42 for 265, no touchdown passes, none. He only ran for 26 yards. The Bills couldn't run the ball. They didn't have a pass rush today. Uh, I think the snow helped in that regard. And I thought the Bengals' ability to be patient to get the ball to Mixon who rush for 100 yards, to dump the ball off uh, to Hurst and to the backs and to utilize all the different guys. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight different guys caught balls today from Burrow. And they just matter-of-factly matter went about their business and won the game. The Raven game last week was a much tougher game for them than the Buffalo game today was in this one. And I tell you, Buffalo, something has been amiss. The turnovers, the mistakes. I just thought something had, despite a good record, something was amiss. And the indicator against Miami where the game was that close after they got the big early lead... Was a good indicator, and Cincinnati went on to an easy win today. Now, in the second game, I thought there'd be a good number of field goals. I didn't know what would happen with the Dallas kicker, especially after the first few, uh, extra point. I was a little bit surprised he was even on the team this week. San Francisco got a great game from their kicker, who's been a great, you know, very accurate kicker. But you had two good defenses. And the Dallas defense, I thought, played really well. They hit hard. They tackled well. I mean, I thought they did. I thought both defenses played really well in this game. I mean, exceptionally well in the game. And and, and really dominated the game uh, in a big way. I mean, you know, neither team really did a whole lot offensively, you know. Uh San Francisco got some running yardage in the fourth quarter with Mitchell. They didn't run it well. Kittles hurt them. No question about that. He made uh, the biggest play in the game. He also made some big plays. Mitchell came in and really got like 50 yards rushing in the fourth quarter when they were icing the game. Otherwise they really didn't run the ball. I mean, McCaffrey only ran it for 35 yards today. Uh, Kittles was five for 95 uh, and that big 31 yarder where he made a great catch. Um, there wasn't a whole lot of there wasn't a whole lot of offense. Let's be honest. There just wasn't a whole lot of offense uh, in the game, and Dallas got a couple of bad breaks. Losing, you know, losing Pollard killed them. He was the most important part of that offense all year. The three most important parts of that offense, other than the quarterback, were Pollard, Lamb and Schultz, and when they lost Pollard, they lost any versatility or explosiveness they had. Everything then relied on Lamb, and Lamb did catch 10 balls for 117 yards, including that one big 46-yarder, but it wasn't enough. They didn't get anything else out of anybody else. All right, they got a touchdown and five catches out of the tight end. They didn't get anything out of the other receivers. Dak, of course, had a couple of picks. He was 23 of 37 for 206. He threw two picks. Um, San Francisco did enough offensively. They were anything but impressive, but they didn't make mistakes. You know, their one turnover uh, that really mattered, you know, was the... You know, return uh, the the fumble on the on the punt return. That was a killer, but again, they were able to overcome that, hold them to a field goal. Um, it just was a game with you know the defenses were in control, and that one touchdown drive in the second half was enough to be the difference maker in the game when Dallas. Is going to be having Dak already iffy in terms of him being on his game, losing their most important offensive weapon in Pollard, wondering whether they could kick field goals. Then they did kick a couple of field goals, but not having any explosiveness against San Francisco, uh, it was tough sledding, no question about it. And you know when the winner doesn't score twenty points in a game like that. You know it's a game dominated by the defenses, and these were. I mean that was the best defense that uh, San Francisco saw. It's the best defense by far that Purdy saw, and best thing to say about him is that he didn't make a whole lot of mistakes tonight. That was the biggest, biggest thing that he had going for him in what was, you know, a very, you know, very very quiet. Very quiet offensive game. Anyway you slice it. That's what it was. It was a very, very you know game dominated by the defenses without any question. And San Francisco's had a tremendous season. Now you're gonna take Purdy, who has written an incredible story, to be to come from his background and take over this team and take it now into Philadelphia for the NFC title with a chance to go to the Super Bowl. It's a remarkable story. Uh, They're going to have to be great to win this game. We know what the Eagles present. We'll have all week to talk about it. We know the Eagles are going to be a very tough out. Hey, let's be honest. No matter how you look at this game, no matter which of the four teams you're rooting for, whoever they're facing, if, if you're looking at Cincinnati, Kansas City's not going to be easy. If you're looking at uh, at Kansas City, Cincinnati's not going to be easy. Same thing with the NFC game. I mean, the opponent is a real good team. And a team that's won a lot of games this season. And a team that comes in having won a lot of games in a row. Kansas City, you know, has won a lot of games. Cincinnati, Cincinnati is on a real hot streak and has won a lot of games. San Francisco's on a real hot streak and has won a lot of games. And obviously Philadelphia, you know, has won 15 games this year. San Francisco's won 14. You know, I mean, Kansas City has had a great year. And Cincinnati's won, you know, they, they, Kansas City's won 15 and Cincinnati's won 14. So, I mean, these guys are doing a heck of a job. They really are. I mean, so the bottom line is, you know, you expect these games to be very competitive games, and you can make a case. I mean, you can really make a case for anybody. Like I said, the one thing you might have a tough feeling about is that can – Purdy go on the road in a game where the quarterback's going to have to make some plays on the road in Philadelphia against that Eagle pass rush, against that Eagle defense, against that Eagle team, where you figure you're going to have to score in the 20s to beat that explosive Eagle offense, minimum, probably, you know, 24 points probably to, to win that game. Can he do that? That might be the one thing you look at. If you like Burrow, I wouldn't be surprised. If you like Mahomes, I wouldn't be surprised. If you like Hurts and, and like Philly, I wouldn't be surprised. They're all worthy of respect. All four teams are. They've all had great seasons. They're all hot right now, and they're all obviously, you know, coming into this expecting to play well. And obviously, there is competitive. I can't remember two. I can't remember two title games where the lines were, you know, any closer to even than these. I don't know if it's ever happened where they've been this close. You know, usually they're usually they're a field goal. These games, you know, one and two. So clearly, and the AFC game has already moved from Bengals one to Chiefs one. So you got a terrific matchup. In every way. As far as what happened this weekend, we discussed the Giants yesterday, uh, and we spent a lot of time on that last night. You want to look at this from a Bills standpoint for a second and a Cowboys standpoint for a second. The Bills. The Bills came into this year, and a lot of people considered it to be just a a formality that they were going to the Super Bowl. They were the team to beat. They were the most talented team. You heard it on and on and on. Well, some odd things happened to the Bills this year, injury-wise. Obviously, some crazy things happened to them late in the season. But there was something missing. Allen committed so many big turnovers. The defense seemed to, at big moments, lose its way. And it just seemed like they weren't hitting a whole cylinders. They were winning. They had a good record. But they just did not seem to be the dominant force that we had thought they would be, that everybody thought they would be. What does it mean for them going forward? I think they will try to pretty much make the right decisions economically where they need to do that. But I think they want to bring back the core of this team and take another swing at this thing, figuring they are not far off. So I don't expect they could lose a coach. Possibly, I wouldn't say it's automatic. I mean, D'Amico Ryans is getting a job. You could take that to the bank. He's getting a job. He's probably going to have... His choice of multiple jobs. He's got the Houston job from what everybody tells you. He, he's going to have multiple opportunities. So he's going to have a job somewhere. As far as the Cowboys, they're the interesting one. Do they... I don't think they're going to look at Dak and make any decision that they don't want to go forward with him as their quarterback. I think they will. I don't think there's any question about that. But what about their head coach? Especially with Sean Payton out there. And the knowledge that there's no question that Sean had his eye on the Cowboy job for a long time and The Cowboys had their eye on Sean for a long time. Now, remember, two things about Sean, despite his relationship with Jerry Jones. Number one, he is going to want to get paid. Number two, he is going to want power when it comes to the roster. And number three, you have to compensate New Orleans. He is under contract through 2024. He has to be compensated. They want and expect compensation in 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 draft picks. Is he a player there? Now, I don't think there is a job. There were a lot of rumors Sean was going back to New Orleans, that's out. There were a lot of rumors that he had interest in the Chargers. And Herbert, that's out. The question is, is there a job out there? Carolina does not have the quarterback that's going to entice him, I don't think, despite Tepper's money. And I don't know if he considers the Denver situation, despite the fact that they have a very wealthy owner. I don't know that he considers Denver the perfect situation with the quarterback situation as it is. So I am not positive that that's the case. Could he go back to TV for a year? He definitely can. He can go back to Fox for another year if he wants to and wait. Remember, he's still in the contract as it is. But does Jerry get annoyed by what happened here and their failure to get – now? Did a couple things break wrong for the head coach here and for the team here? Yes. Did they win a game in the playoffs? Yes. Did they beat Tom Brady? Yes. Did they get a very bad break? Well, the kicker, they could have corrected themselves. Did they get a bad break with Pollard? Very bad break. That was a rough break. Here's your best offensive player, your key Vital offensive player. Other than losing your quarterback, this was the most critical player you have in your offense. Your offense, he's your linchpin, and he goes down in the first half with a high ankle sprain. I mean, a bad one. He wouldn't have been playing next week no matter what. And he had a wonderful season, and I love him as a player. I'm a big poly guy. I I think he's a wonderful player. I've been yelling for him to get more uh, carries and be a bigger part of the offense for years. A lot of eyes are going to be on the NFC East next year because the Eagles are going to be a very big part of it, whether they win a Super Bowl, lose a Super Bowl, or lose a title game. They are going to be a very big player next year. They have a superior roster. The Giants have reawakened. They've stirred the echoes. They've reinvigorated the franchise. Now, can they go out and make the right decisions? And they have some tough ones, which we'll get to as the weeks go on. But they are going to be very visible, too. Obviously, Jacksonville's going to be a fave next year also. People are going to be jumping on the Jacksonville bandwagon next year. But the Cowboys have a really, they have some wonderful defensive players led by Parsons, and they have a lot of talent on that roster. But they also have some holes, and they could improve the quarterback, uh, they could improve the coaching situation if they wish to. Do they wish to? At a price. That remains to be seen. So you know that Jacksonville comes out of its game and is looking very much the next year. The Giants, after really taking it on the chin and and, and getting really embarrassed last night in what their coach called the crash landing, will eventually shake that off and look to all the good things they did this year. And that will also give them a message that they still have a lot of work to do. But they'll look at all this as a positive. It will be a tough trying offseason for Buffalo, but they believe they still have a team that does not need anything but fine-tuning. And then you have the Cowboys. And they will be very interesting. So now I get ready, ready for championship week. Look at any of the Super Bowl matchups and you don't have a problem with any of the four. If it is San Francisco, Cincinnati, it's a good solid game. And Purdy's an amazing storyline. If it's San Francisco, Kansas City, Purdy's an amazing storyline and been there, done that. As Kansas City, with a fourth-quarter rally, took the Super Bowl away from San Francisco just a couple of years ago. We were there. So Julio took the boys. We were all there for the game in Florida. Julio rooting for the Niners, had Harrison rooting for Kansas City. Harrison got the smiles as we drove home. If it is... The Eagles, they bring a dynamic story into this game. People came out of yesterday and said, oh, the Eagles are unbeatable. I heard that a couple times today. The Eagles are unbeatable. They looked unbeatable last night. But they can't beat Kansas City? Kansas City can't beat the Eagles? Cincinnati can't beat the Eagles? Sure they can. So no matter what matchup you get there, whether it's Cincinnati, no matter whether it's Andy Mahomes going back to win another one, or San Francisco going back to finally get one, or Cincinnati going back to avenge last year's defeat, or anything that happens in the matchups. The bottom line is you got a good matchup. So that's the other thing I always do when I take the Final Four. I make the Super Bowl matches. Is there one there that you really want to stay away from? There isn't. And yes, would it have been attractive if Dallas was there? Of course. Dallas, anytime you bring Dallas to the dance, it's a whole different deal once you bring them there. But that's not the case. But you have marquee value. You have Mahomes and Burrow. You have those two who are without question at the top, you know, of the quarterback kingdom. They are quarterback superstars. You have this rookie who came out of oblivion, Mr. Irrelevant, and now has written this incredible story all the way to the championship game. And then you have Hurts who, let's be honest, I firmly believe this. Had he not gotten injured, he was the MVP. I don't think there's any question. He could still make a case that he's the MVP, but had he not gotten hurt, he was absolutely the MVP. So he's had that kind of season. He's been incredibly dynamic, and he gave that team a lift last night where his coach called it a lift that was Jordan-like, which is as high a compliment as it gets. So we are well set up. with two very attractive competitive matchups and four teams that are all very, very deserving. Purdy makes the Niners a little bit of a Cinderella, but it's hard to really describe them that way when they have the kind of personnel that they have everywhere else. I mean, they, have, they are loaded with premium talent. They have some of the better players in the sport on that team. They just have an unproven quarterback who came out of nowhere and has been able to win games as a unknown late draft pick who is painting a crazy story. So it is going to be an interesting Uh, Sunday, we will obviously have our Football Friday program. We'll have some other stuff during the week as we get ready. And, you know, I've made this point many, many times. For me, divisional playoff weekend, when Sunday night falls on divisional playoff weekend, for all intents and purposes, it ends the NFL season as we know it. There's no more Monday Monday games. There's no more Thursday games. Now there's no more Saturday games. Now there's three games left in the season. So next week you get one more double dip, and then you get two weeks that has nothing to do with football that leads you to a game that you hope is good. But let's be honest. For all intents and purposes, the NFL season as we know it has come to a close as we head towards championship Sunday. We have a couple of games to decide things and a champion of the crown. But as you know it, when you have wall to wall, there's nothing like it. And I thought the divisional play, the uh, wild card weekend was set up well. I, I, I didn't have any complaints with it. And this weekend's always as good as it gets. And for the most part, I mean, the Cincinnati game wasn't very exciting, It was surprising in its nature. The giant game was a complete blowout. You get one of those once in a while. But the Jacksonville game was okay, and this game wasn't unbelievable, but it was competitive. So we should have a couple of good matchups as we head towards Championship Sunday. Um, We'll be with you a couple times during the week. We'll sprinkle in some other stuff with some other sports, and then obviously we'll have the Football Friday program up and something uh, on the weekend after the two Super Bowl teams have survived and are on their way uh, to a championship. Remember, the Super Bowl Sunday is February 12th. That's it. February 12th. So when it happens, you're only a month to St. Patrick's Day. So the winter has got a good bit of it carved out before the Super Bowl is played, which is not a bad thing. When you think about how much more the NFL extends, you go back and look at those early Super Bowls, they were played in early January. Super Bowl this week, this year will be played on February 12th. So it shows you how far the NFL season has expanded and how far it stretches now. With an extra week to the regular season, which backs you up a week and... It has always been their want and their wish to add one more week to the regular season and to take Super Bowl weekend into a holiday weekend in February over a holiday weekend and have Monday backing up a day that leads to more absenteeism and more people home sick than any other day in the year. And that is the day after Super Sunday. So they've always wanted to get to that date in February. They may eventually get there. They've gotten to the 12th, so they're not that far away. By sheer inertia, they've gotten there deep into February, where people said they would never roam. I remember the years where people said, no, nah, the Super Bowl will never hit February. Well, it long ago hit February, and now it's going to be played on February 12th.